For the born again, it all begins when they see the light. Matthew chapter 4, verse 16, The people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. The light we see is Jesus Christ, the true light, John chapter 1, verse 9. What a marvelous journey in light it is, and day by day as we travel Route 7 North Obedience, it gets brighter and brighter, because each day we are one day closer to our destiny, eternal life in Christ Jesus, the true light, the light source. Proverbs 4.18, But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The blood-bought travel a light highway, and we refract Christ's glorious light to those whose paths we cross. Isaiah 35, 8 through 10, And an highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs, and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. When revelation comes, it often comes as a crack of light. The child of God must meditate on that ray of light, which is, in effect, pushing on Revelation's door. As a result of Holy Ghost tutorship, that door will open to a magnificent 360-degree panoramic and even spherical picture. That picture that we encounter is not still, but a big, living, and moving picture that we can step into and participate in. To find your entry point, just look for Route 7 North and step into it. The Word of God is not printer's ink and paper, but it is alive, and found in it is the very creation energy of God. John 1.14 speaks of Jesus Christ, whose name is the Word of God, Revelation 19.13, and declares, And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. How's this for a strange grouping of words? Zechariah 10, verse 12. And I will strengthen them in the Lord, and they shall walk up and down in his name, saith the Lord. The redeemed walk up and down in his living name. It's Route 7 North. It's the path of the just. It is the highway of holiness. It is Jesus Christ, the true light. Colossians 1, 12 and 13. Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. Dear visitor, have you seen the light? Have you been born again, born a literal second time, this time of the Spirit of God, as Jesus declares in John 3, 3? Do you want to enter the invisible kingdom, walking up and down in his name? This marvelous journey of light awaits you. Today all your sin and its shame will be washed away. Today all of Satan's bondages will be broken, no matter how formidable they seem. 
Follow me in this simple prompt, and everything, everything for you begins anew. Are you ready to see the light? Here we go. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Job thirty-eight sixteen, Hast thou entered into the springs of the sea, or hast thou walked in the search of the depth? God said, Psalms 8, verse 8, The fowl of the air and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas. God said, Job twenty-eight twenty-six, When he made a decree for the rain, and a way for the lightning of thunder. God said, Job thirty-eight twenty-five and 26, who hath divided a water course for the overflowing of waters, or a way of the lightning of thunder, to cause it to rain on the earth where no man is, on the wilderness wherein there is no man. Man said, There is no God. These crazy Christian Bible thumpers are delusional, uneducated, easily led idiots. But when this critic got the U.S. Census questionnaire to fill out, he was flummoxed. Am I a male or a female or maybe something else? Hmm, what an interesting question. Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said feature article 1006 that will again certify the full supernatural inerrancy of God's holy word. All of these awe-inspiring features are archived here in text and streaming audio for the edification of the saints and is bait for the fishers of men. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. I need to know it's true. Every jot and every tittle for all my life and eternal life depends upon it. Even if there is a God, the skeptics claim, he doesn't involve himself in the daily affairs of men. Is this cynical assessment true? If you've been born again, you know it's not. If I truly want to live a God-blessed life and enter into the promise of everlasting glorious life, I must follow the directives in God's owner's manual, the Holy Bible, which is the world's ultimate how-to book. Fantastical promises have been made to the children of God in the Scriptures. Could they be true? Imagine Revelation 21, 1 through 5. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. A new heaven and earth, a new holy Jerusalem, which means city of peace, God will live amongst us, no tears, no death, no sorrow or crying or pain. My God, could it be true? Jesus speaks to Martha in John eleven twenty five and 26. Jesus said unto her, 
I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Fantastical. And I believe it. Hallelujah. How's this for fantastical? Luke 20, 35 and 36. But they which shall be accounted worthy to obtain that world and the resurrection from the dead, neither marry nor are given in marriage, neither can they die any more, for they are equal unto the angels, and are the children of God, being the children of the resurrection. Marvelous promises for the future are laid out before us, and a plethora of corroborating, corroborating, excuse me, pieces of evidence certify them beyond any reasonable doubt. Embrace them, children, with your childlike faith. God's Word is not a science textbook, but when it weighs in on the discipline of science, which it does hundreds of times, it is true and righteous altogether, all of the time, without exception. The skeptics continually challenge and berate, but they continually fail all of the time without exception. In his book, Creation, Dr. G.R. Jeffrey notes many proofs of God's inerrant word, and three of them cited in this feature will address elements of the Earth's amazing hydrological makeup upon which all of life is dependent. He will be quoting in part from the book of Job, which is thousands upon thousands of years old. Under the section heading, The Springs of the Sea, the doctor writes, In another passage, Job referred to deep springs of water at the bottom of the sea. Hast thou entered into the springs of the sea, or hast thou walked in the search of the depth? Job 38.16 In this verse, the Bible refers to the existence of springs of water flowing in the depths of the sea. It is only in the last 50 years that underwater exploration of the ocean depths have revealed a remarkable phenomenon of numerous huge springs of fresh water pouring out of the ocean floor. The many scientific statements found through the Bible are one of the greatest proofs of God's inspiration of the Scriptures. Significantly, there are no scientific errors or mistakes that have been discovered in the thousands of pages of inspired passages. These conclusive evidences provide overwhelming proof that God exists and that He truly inspired the writers of Scripture to record His message to all of mankind. The fascinating scientific insights revealed in the passages of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation are God's authentic signature on the pages of the Scriptures, proving it is the genuine Word of God. Dr. Jeffrey discusses Psalms 8.8 under the title, The Paths of the Sea. Previous God Said, Man Said features address this issue, and we will add to the doctor's research at the end of this section on paths in the sea. As we are dealing with oceanography, we will add Christopher Columbus as a bonus. Dr. Jeffrey writes, King David, the writer of many of the Psalms, refers mysteriously to the paths of the seas. He wrote, The fowl of the air and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas. Psalms 8.8 in 1786, Benjamin Franklin published the information he gleaned 
from conversations with ocean-going captains, namely that huge currents, such as the Gulf Stream, ran like deep rivers far beneath the surface of the Atlantic Ocean. The massive Gulf Stream carries more than 5,000 times as much water as the great Mississippi River. This awesome river current that worms the client of the U.K. and Western Europe carries more than 25 times as much water as all the rivers on the planet combined. Scientists have discovered that the enormous Gulf Stream is only a small part of an enormous gyro, a huge 13,000-mile-long deep underwater current circling the Atlantic Ocean. They recently discovered that the Pacific Ocean has its own black current gyro as well. CNN ran a news report in May 1996 of marine scientists' discovery of a massive river of water flowing north beneath the Pacific Ocean parallel to the coast of the western United States. However, they also found that another huge current ran underneath the surface of the ocean but above the first huge current except that this higher current flowed south at a very fast flow rate. The turbulence produced by these opposing currents passing each other at different depths of the Pacific produced massive underwater storms deep beneath the surface of the ocean. These currents not only warm the north of the planet, but they are also essential to refreshing the otherwise stagnant waters of the ocean and constitute an essential part of the life systems on the planet. How could King David, living in Israel and surrounding nations throughout his life, have known thousands of years ago that there were incredibly huge currents under the surface, rivers that existed in the enormous depths of the boundless ocean? End of quote. There are paths in the sea. The TV series called Cosmos, a space-time odyssey, was introduced by the then-U.S. President Barack Obama. It was hosted by astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson, who demonstrated his ignorance regarding Holy Scripture and history to boot. From the God Said, Man Said feature, Cosmos Host Attacks the Bible, we find this. Mr. Tyson said, If you start using your scripture, your religious text as a source of your science, that's where you run into problems, and there is no example of someone reading their scriptures and saying, I have a prediction about the world that no one knows yet because this gave me insight. Let's go test this prediction and have that theory turn out to be correct. End of quote. Has anyone had a prediction about the world? A prediction they discovered in the plain reading of the Word of God and succeeded in proving that prediction correct? Christopher Columbus, whose first name means Bearing Christ, held the lofty title of Admiral of the Ocean Sea. The following paragraphs are from the God Said, Man Said feature, Round Earth and Christopher Columbus. Prevailing wisdom at the time of Columbus was that the world was flat, and if you ventured past the line of danger, you would fall off the end of the earth. It should be noted that at about the same time Christopher Columbus was petitioning Isabella and Ferdinand in the court of Spain, in Nuremberg, Germany, a man named Martin Behaim unveiled what he called Earth Apple, the first round Earth globe on record. 
Historians say it is safe to suggest that Columbus was not aware of Behem's earth apple. 500 years ago, Columbus penned a book titled Libro de los Proficios, which in English translates to Book of Prophecies. And just in the 1990s has it become possible to consider its content in English. In K. Brigham's book titled Christopher Columbus, His Life and Discovery in the Light of His Prophecies, the following quote from Columbus is noted. At this time I have seen and put in study to look into all the scriptures, cosmography, histories, chronicles, and philosophy and other arts which our Lord opened to my understanding, I could sense his hand upon me, so that it became clear to me that it was feasible to navigate from here to the Indies. And he unlocked within me the determination to execute my idea. And I came to your highnesses with this ardor. All those who heard about my enterprise rejected it with laughter, scoffing at me. Neither the sciences which I mentioned above, nor the authoritative citations from them were of any avail. And only your highnesses remained faith and constancy. Who doubts that this illumination was from the Holy Spirit? I attest that he, the Spirit, with marvelous rays of light, counseled me through the holy and sacred scriptures, encouraging me to proceed, and continually, without ceasing for a moment, they inflame me with a sense of great urgency. I have already said that for the execution of the enterprise of the Indies, neither reason nor mathematics nor world maps were profitable to me. Rather, the prophecy of Isaiah was completely fulfilled. Should it be a surprise to us that out of all 66 books of the Bible, Christopher Columbus refers to the book of Isaiah as the supernatural inspiration of his vision and his labor? He said natural reason was not his inspiration. It was neither maps nor mathematics nor the encouragement of men, but God's prophecies in the book of Isaiah. And one of those prophecies is that God sits upon the circle of the earth. Isaiah forty twenty one and 22. Have ye not known? Have ye not heard? Hath it not been told you from the beginning? Have ye not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are grasshoppers that stretched out the heavens as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. End of quotes. Has anyone had a prediction about the world, a prediction that they discovered in the plain reading of the word of God and succeeded in proving that prediction correct? The man's name is Matthew Mowry, and he holds the title of Father of Oceanography, Pathfinder of the Seas, and Father of Naval Meteorology. This famous scientist developed the National Observatory and helped found the U.S. Naval Academy and National Weather Bureau, as well as being instrumental in laying the transatlantic telegraph cable. The following excerpts are from the God Said, Man Said feature, Paths in the Sea. The prophets of obedience are immeasurable, and so it is concerning the discoveries of one Matthew Fontaine Maury. Matthew Maury, known as the father of oceanography, was a U.S. Navy officer who lived during the 1800s. After an injury forced an early retirement, Mr. Maury was awarded the job of overseeing the depot of charts and instruments of the Hydrographic Office of the U.S. Navy, spanning 20 years from 1841 to 1861. 
Matthew was an ardent follower of Jesus Christ and had complete confidence in the accuracy of the Word of God, a confidence that became immensely profitable to all mankind. He read Psalms 8.8 and Ecclesiastes 1.6 and saw the great practical significance of paths in the sea and circuits of the wind. It is Matthew Maori who discovered and plotted many of the wind circuits and ocean currents or paths in the sea, such as the 40-mile-wide, 2,000-feet-deep Gulf Current, the Japanese Current, the California Current, and more. The seagoing vessels in Maori's days applied these discoveries and cut down the time needed to cross the ocean by as much as three weeks. Today's air travel uses jet streams discovered by Matthew Maori. The state of Virginia erected a monument of honor to their native son, and in its plaque it reads, Matthew Fontaine Maori, Pathfinder of the Seas, the genius, who first snatched from the oceans and atmosphere the secret of their laws. His inspiration? Holy Writ, Psalms 8.8, Ecclesiastes 1.6. Mr. Maori's discoveries have delivered huge, measurable results the nearly three weeks of savings for seagoing vessels, as well as hefty savings in time and fuel for air travel, have registered enormous benefits, huge savings of man-hours, reduced cost of food and fuel, less wear and tear on the ships and planes and more, resulting in a lower cost of ship goods and, consequently, a lower cost of merchandise and travel expense to the entire world. Obeying God's word, excuse me, is always a profitable thing to do. Psalms 8, 8, the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas. Ecclesiastes 1, 6, the wind goeth toward the south and turneth about unto the north. It whirleth about continually and the wind returneth again according to his circuits. End of quote. Did Mr. Tyson consider the colossal archaeological discoveries that have been unearthed with the spade in one hand and the Bible in the other? Mr. Barton also printed the following concerning Matthew Maori. Maori used other Bible verses to make additional significant discoveries that revolutionized science. When criticized for his reliance on the Bible, Maori responded, I have been blamed by men of science both in this country and in England for quoting the Bible in confirmation of the doctrines of physical geography. The Bible, they say, was not written for scientific purposes and is therefore of no authority in matters of science. I beg pardon. The Bible is authority for everything it touches. The Bible is true and science is true. They are both true. And when your men of science, with vain and hasty conceit, announce the discovery of disagreement between them, rely upon it. The fault is not with the witness or his records, but with the worm, sinful human, who assays, attempts to interpret evidence which he does not understand. End of quote. When God speaks, it is the inerrant truth. Never has a truth declared by God been controverted by the world's academics, though they try furiously. Thousands of years before science makes a discovery, God is already there. A final excerpt from creation under the heading Lightning and Thunder follows. 
The Bible also reveals a profound appreciation of the fact that there is a scientific connection between lightning, thunder, and the triggering of rainfall. Apparently, the slightest change in the electrical charge within a cloud is a key factor that causes microscopic water droplets in the clouds to join with other droplets until they are heavy enough to fall to earth. In addition, we now know that a powerful electrical charge as high as 300 million volts in a cloud sends a leader stroke down, creating a path through the air to the ground. Only one-fiftieth of a second later, a second more powerful return stroke travels back up to the cloud, following the path through the air opened by the leader stroke. The thunder occurs because the air within this channel or path has been vaporized by superheating to 50,000 degrees by the lightning. The superheated excuse me, air expands outward at supersonic speed, creating the noise of thunder. Job's description, he made a decree for the rain and a way for the lightning and thunder, Job 28:26, is startling in its accuracy. No human could have known this in ancient times without the divine revelation of God, end of quote. Embrace the words of God and live life. Live it more abundantly, even eternally. Walking in the path of light is a marvelous hallelujah journey. If you haven't begun your beautiful journey, click on the further with Jesus now. God said, Job 38:16, Hast thou entered into the springs of the sea, or hast thou walked in the search of the depths? God said, Psalms 8, verse 8, The fowl of the air and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas. God said, Job 28, 26, When he made a decree for the rain, and a way for the lightning of the thunder. God said, Job 38, 25 and 26, Who hath divided a water course for the overflowing or waters, or a way for the lightning of thunder? to cause it to rain on the earth where no man is, on the wilderness wherein there is no man. Man said, There is no God. These crazy Christian Bible thumpers are delusional, uneducated, easily led idiots. But when this critic got the U.S. Census questionnaire to fill out, he was flummoxed. Am I a male or a female? Or maybe something else? Hmm, what an interesting question. Now you have the record.